Well, happy new year, everybody. Howie Spangler here at Sales from the Green Room. Episode number 50. 50. 50. Over the hill. Actually, is 40 over the hill? Not 50's over the hill, probably, right? 50, man. Episode 50. Shit is crazy right now. Like, we got interns here in the studio. Just everybody's everybody's really happy and excited today. And yeah, no, get, hey, Phil, get back to work, dude. Stop. Stop staring. Don't look at me like that. It's upsetting. Episode 50. I treat my staff really nice around here. Um, <clears throat> well, I hope everybody had a great New Year's Eve and a great New Year's Day, which was yesterday. Um, I hope everybody had a great Tuesday. And now it's Wednesday. And you already know the days of the week, so I'm just wasting time. Um, yeah, it was great. I hung out with some friends um, for a couple hours and did the thing and came back and, you know, we ordered food. Watch the ball drop with the kids. Actually, we were watching on NBC, and they didn't show the ball drop. Like, it was like, I thought it was my imagination, or I thought I just missed it, because, like, you know, we had the kids there, and we were stoked. And I was like, yeah, everybody, it's 2019. <clears throat> and I was like, I don't think they showed the ball dropping. And sure enough, I saw yesterday morning, like, they were like, yeah, they didn't, they didn't show the ball drop on NBC. The fuck, NBC? What's going on with that? I pay good money. I pay good money to Hulu. Like 40 bucks a month. And I better see the fucking ball drop this year. I want answers. Okay? Not the way to start 2019. Or end 2018. How do you look at that? Is that how you probably how you start right because the ball's dropping and then it's midnight so yeah i guess technically if you want to get technical i guess all right uh today i've got rome ramirez buddy mine from uh, years ago some of you might know some of you might know him um plays in a little band called sublime with rome and uh he's just just a good dude we've known each other for a long time he produced a, a value song no good Back in 13, and we talked about that a little bit. Dude's been like songwriting and producing some major artists for years now. Um, most commonly with uh, the Dirty Heads, which most of you know as well. Um, just guys always always working and just always puts out fire stuff, you know. So it was really cool to talk to him and, and really dig in. Um, I hadn't really, I haven't really talked to him that deep since we really worked together you know so it was nice you know super busy and you know it's just nice to really kind of lay back we talked for like an hour and a half so um i think you're gonna really enjoy the show i thought we had a great conversation um told a lot of great stories and i feel like um if you're an artist you're gonna learn a lot so stay tuned uh thanks so much for all the support if you'd like to support go to uh talesfromthegreenroom.com hit the support the podcast button um, you can choose a tier, 99 cents, 4.99, 9.99. Really just helps pay for admin fees and the website and stuff like that. And I'm just trying to make the show better. So um, any little bit helps. I really appreciate it. If you don't want to, totally fucking cool. I just appreciate. I just appreciate you listening to begin with. Um, Valley Who's got some shows uh, with Bad Fish, 
and a couple of our own shows coming up starting next weekend. Uh, the 10th, yeah, the 10th we're going to be in Annapolis, and then the 11th we're going to be in Leesburg, Virginia. Uh, and then I think we meet up with Batfish um, that weekend. So doing like six shows, nothing too crazy. ValleyHearRocks.com slash tour for tickets. Uh, then hit us up for One Love Festival in Long Beach, February 8th. It's the Friday. We're doing the Friday, the first day. And stacked lineup, huge fucking lineup. Um, and then we're going to be doing some recording for a few days before we start the tour with The Expendables and Cashed Out. <clears throat> I saw that we were going to be off for a few days. And uh, I don't like to not work. Like, like a day off is cool, but I don't like to like not do shit. Like, I, I want to... I want to be making music and doing something. So, yeah, we're going to go uh, record some songs. I don't know what we're going to record. Um, I'm still writing and I'm still getting with the band kind of figured out. But hopefully in the next month, we'll have a handful of songs ready to go to do this thing. So um, we're actually going to be recording at a at Pepper studio. Kona recording. And, uh, yeah, they're letting us get in there because they're not going to be in there. So... Thanks to them. Thanks for having us, boys. We really appreciate it. Um, okay, let's get to the get to the show. Episode fifty with Rome Ramirez. Here we go. Yo, yo, what's up? Hey, man, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Great to hear. Dude, you were up early this morning. You're you're living that dad life. I'm always up that early. Are you really? Yeah. I, I like the morning. But I go to bed really early, so yeah. I guess that's a trade-off, right? You got to make sacrifices somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually <clears throat> trying to get back. I'm trying to get better into that, actually. I'm trying to wake up early. I did it. Right around Thanksgiving, I did two two mornings, like 5.30 a.m., got my coffee, came down. It was dark outside. Everybody's still asleep. I'm getting my work done, you know, and uh, oh, it was nice. I would die without that. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, it, it really is just what time do your kids get up? <laughs> that's that's the real question. Yeah, and they don't give a fuck. They're going to they're gonna wake up, and they'll wake you yeah. up. Yeah. You know, if you, if, if you got a kid that works for – I don't know. Like, I like to be up at least – an hour before my kid wakes up just to get me prepared for like the world you know yeah the whirlwind dude straight up how are the kids doing man kids are great man they're um they're you got two right huge oh my god yeah i got two i got uh, you got a boy and a girl yeah boy and a girl I mean, eight and four you got the older boy yeah oh, man that's great i know how how, how old's your boy now he's uh nine 19 months nine. so he's he's gonna be he's gonna be two man <sighs> shit is flying dude I know. It's kind of nuts. It really is. It really is. Kids are crazy. Like, they're like, you know what's something that I heard and I thought was really rad was, um, uh, the days are long, but the years are short. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was really accurate. Damn. That, that's like, that depresses me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. you want to know something even more depressing? I read that, uh, um, I, you know, like, I'm sure you've heard of the 80-20 rule. Well, um, I I heard that you actually spend 80% of the time you spend with your parents before uh, you turn 20. Wow, really? Yeah, man. So, you know, that, that definitely put things into perspective for me when I was like, whoa, 
you know, I got to see my folks a lot more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that actually makes sense. Yeah, I guess because you're, yeah, you're, you're in the house with them till at least eighteen, maybe if not longer. Yeah, right. And then, you're like up your ass, man. Yeah. Vice yeah. versa, you know. Yeah, and then you just want to get away from them when you're in your twenties, you know. Yeah, then you just kind of like see them on the holidays, or you know, in 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 my situation, it would be like holidays, and then like whenever I'm in town and stuff, you know, and the random, you know, meetings in between there. But it's it's nuts. Like you think about it, you know, it can't be more than. For me personally, it can't be more than, you know, a, a month out of like the year, you know, whereas before I was like seeing my mom and dad like every day, you know, it's, it's crazy. The, I know, man. <clears throat> I want my kids to stay with me forever and they like in their families can move in with with us, you know, when they're older. <laughs> Dude, honestly, that's like the plan. Me and my wife, are, we're building like this massive compound in Nashville. And I'm going to just build some houses on it so I can have my folks live on it. And, you know, whenever my in-laws want to come, they'll have some property on it. And, yeah, I'm just kind of do that. We have our Christmases and stuff out there and just kind of focus on keeping the family alive, man, and keeping traditions intact. Because if you don't keep them intact, they end up dying off, you know? Yeah, yeah. We try to we try to instill that stuff on our kids as well. Like everything that we did as kids, like around the holidays and um, you know, try to give that to them. And it's, it's, we think it's really important, you know, to keep that stuff going. Good man. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's, uh, what brings you to Nashville music? I assume. Uh, you know what, dude, I actually really like, uh, I really like the vibe out there, man. It's cool. It's like, it's still, it's still, um, I mean, there's like a laundry list of reasons and I, I won't go into that, but for the most part, like what it is, is the, I'd say the top three reasons are A, I really like the vibe out there. Um, it's really like positive and kind of like more family oriented. Um, and then two, it's entertainmently based still. Yeah. The entire city. It's a hub. And three, the, and three, the economy. And for just real estate purposes, it's just like a phenomenal investment. So wow. those three things enough to make me Randy. <laughs> That's awesome. When you, so when are you moving out? Um, well, I mean, not necessarily like moving out. It would just be like... Um, just having a spot. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, but, you know, we're, we're in the process of getting that all squared away this next coming year and stuff. That's you know? great, man. I'm building a crazy studio out there in, in addition to that. So That's great. that'll be like a cool spot to get, you know, whenever the band wants to record, we can go do it out there. And, you know, if the Dirty Heads ever want to go and record, we can do it out there. Um, yeah. and pretty much anything that I work on, if I want to keep like do like, um, if I want to you know like work with like some people more so on like a project basis, like let's dive in and do something. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll have like the space to be able to accommodate you know people and a team, and then you know be able to record music and dive in. Because that's how I like to do music, man. It's just super like submersive, you know. Yeah. Especially now these days. Um, you know, doing music over email isn't as fun as it was back in the day. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I like getting involved. I like being a, I've produced several bands myself. And uh, yeah, you've been producing a lot lately, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, That's dope, man. Good for you. Thanks, man. You like it? I love it, dude. I love it. I love like, um, I love working with a band. That's like, it's great when the band has their shit together for one, and mm -hmm. uh, they they kind of know what they want to do. Um, you got to get more involved when like the, the songs aren't written and think you got to help out with that kind of stuff. But I love when a band comes in and I can just kind of like guide them, you know, as opposed yeah. to like, um, 
like I'll be anything they want me to be. I'll be a songwriter, you know, engineer, whatever it is. But um, yeah, I, I love when the band has the, has the vision, and I just kind of, you know, just put them on the path. You know, just help them stay on the path. Um, I, I love that. Um, Bump and Uglies are killing it like that right now. So um, we just finished their well, almost finished their record yesterday. There's a few more things to do, but it's it was nice to get the big chunk done, and I, like it's nice to be a part of it from the ground up. Dope. That that's that's one of the bands you're you're working with. Yeah, yeah. I, I did. I produced their last record as well. And uh, oh, fuck you. Yeah, cool, yeah. Man. And they um, <clears throat> we've since. I mean, we've always kept in touch. Like Brandon and I are, are good friends or whatever. But um, they're just yeah. They just uh, they work really hard and uh, and and he's just a good songwriter and just it just we work well together, you know. So that's dope, man. Um, any other bands that you're developing to? Uh, they works. I'm kind of kind of in this weird project with a, a friend of mine uh the band is called Callisto and they're they're based out of like the, the the northeast and it's really more of like it's like this guy James and his brother and their their buddy Dan and they sort of like drums guitar keys uh Dan is an incredible like uh turntablist like dude's so good and like um he's constantly like digging for samples and like you know making beats and stuff so we just kind of get together every now and then and like uh we did a project last winter and um, just did all these nothing sounds the same just like random songs and that was kind of nice you know it wasn't like yeah yeah you don't have to, you have to be locked to a certain thing we were just liberating we were, yeah just trying to make good songs and um so far it's been been a lot of fun so yeah yo let me ask you how, uh do you like have a preference of like working with um like solo artists versus bands or the other way around or what i've done have, like, i've worked have you worked with a lot of solo artists yeah i've i've uh i had a guy in here uh andrew robert who's like a great singer he li lives like 20 minutes from me i didn't realize that until he came in but um <clears throat> worked with him i think it was earlier this year and uh he's just a great singer and he plays guitar and like um he's kind of like on the r&b side of it and uh Dope. and that's not like my real expertise like yeah. i love that music but i'm just not you know more like the rock and the punk and the reggae stuff um yeah, yeah. but uh but it was more or less just like again coming in i had an idea for, that i thought would sound good for him so i kind of wrote this song and we kind of collabed on it and um we got we never got to finish it we didn't have a whole lot of time so i'm hoping to get back but yeah like working with a like a solo artist versus a band it's definitely interesting like the dynamics because you know you've got it's so different right it is man it is it's so different dude yeah bouncing ideas off of one person is one thing but when you got the whole band there and maybe somebody doesn't agree with what you're saying you know what i'm saying it's like <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah everybody's got their own vision you know um but yeah that's that's the thing with this shit it's it's kind of tight it's like I feel like as far as like, you know, one thing that I've definitely learned over the years is it's less and less your vision and more so like the communal vision, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, it's what everybody kind of has in mind. Like, mm -hmm. That's how you're able to get some really great participating art. You know? I try to make everybody feel like, <clears throat> you know, um, like I'm just there to be like, I'm, you hired me, you know, like, and so I'm there to help yeah. you. So these are the ideas that I think this is sort of like, this is my sort of vision for, for this. And I hope it works with your vision. And, you know, it's like, there's so many times like where, uh, like Brandon, for instance, for instance, like I'll have him in here doing vocals or something or have an arrangement. I'm like, yo, why don't you take that, cut that in half and like, try this thing with this melody here. And like, he always tries things, which is great. I always like artists to tr at least try it, you know? Yeah. Just you gotta be open. Just give me that. Yeah. Just give me that. For I get sure. it, you know, but. And most of the time it works out for the best. And, um, you know, but, but I don't ever force anything. I'm just like, I really think it'd be really cool if you did it this way, but you know, it's, it's your project, you know? 
Yeah, dude, one of my, uh, like, so I, I did this session with Jewel not too long ago, and we were over at her house, like, recording some music, and, uh, she was telling me how, like, uh, she, she, she was, like, doing some sessions with Sia, and I haven't got to work with Sia yet, but that's on my list oh, sure, to, to people to work with, because she's, like, a beast, and she was telling me how, like, like, she's almost, like, the exact opposite of that, of, like, what we're talking about. She's just, like, yo, so we got, like, we're going to do this, 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 and this. You're going to sing it just like this, just like this, just like that. Okay, stop. I got that word. I got that phrase. Okay, boom. Yeah, I'll cop it together later. I'll send you a bounce of it. Okay, here you go. And then it's, like, in and out. Like, super quick. Like, you came to me. You came because you want to hit. We're not writing no bullshit except for this. I was just, like, I don't know if she was telling me that, like, partly because it's, like, hey, fucking you better write me a hit but what but i was just kind of like oh that's crazy you know in my head i was just like super like all self-conscious like well fuck i better deliver you know yeah but no nah, it was it was just it's such a trip man how everybody just kind of works a little bit differently you know yeah like i've been blessed to be you know been fortunate enough to be able to work with so many freaking talented people in this industry and the one common thread, like, you know, I, I see amongst everybody is that the people who do the best are the people who do their own thing. Yeah. Like, it's not so much like this person who's trying to be this person so hard, like they end up winning. It's, it's always just the person who's just like, I just do me. And eventually it was my turn, you know, and I just think that's really inspiring. Like, you know, even for someone like me, who's been in the game for like 10 years, you know, it's like. For a newcomer, that would be inspiring. And even for someone who's, you know, existed in the game for a little bit, like that's, it's still inspiring, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you have worked with a ton of artists, man. Like, I remember when you, uh, when you announced the uh, Enrique Iglesias thing, I was like, oh shit, son. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's crazy. I thought that was so yeah. cool, man. Yeah, dude, he's like one of my good friends, too. He's such a good guy, man. Um, that's great to hear. But yeah, he's, talk about it. Dude, he's a very difficult artist to write for. Oh yeah. Meaning like meaning he knows exactly like what he wants. Um and you know, he'll tell you, like, you know, I don't like save all that, you know, album filler bullshit. Like he's like hits, you know, we need fucking hits, you know, and that's like I mean, that's like the primary, you know, fuel to the to to the major in the music industry. Um but at the same time it's like which, by the way, that's kind of changing. Um, but, at, at, you know, at the same time, it's like some some artists are really, like, specific about, like, the type of hits they want and the sound. And and that can, you know, kind of be a challenge. But it's it's good to be challenged. And Enrique is definitely one of those artists, man. Like, you know, he, he knows exactly what he wants to do. And he has no problem sitting out until he gets those records, you know. So, wow, yeah. So, you know. Somebody like that, I know that I, I would, I would have nothing for them, you know. Like, yeah, I, I think... so you'd be surprised, man. You, you'd be surprised, bro. Yeah. Like a lot of these people, like they're just looking for a great song, man. Right. And you write great songs, like. Thanks. So it's like, you know, just because like you'll you know jump into a fucking a fucking distorted chorus, or you'll put a punk beat behind it, you strip it all away and make it an acoustic and a vocal. And they're great songs, you know what I mean? Thanks, dude. And that's, that's like the, that's the thing, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like all the records that have ever done anything or, or, or have ever like um, affected my life, so to speak, have always been off of bare bone, just great ideas. 
like they're never like the finished production boom check out this record that i made top to finish you know they're like damn this is insane go straight to radio with it like no it's always just like you know it's like oh this is great you know like they have their own views of how the production should go slightly or maybe they just want the song or, or maybe they don't want the song and they just want the beat but it's always been like off something that you know stemmed from just a, a bare bone like really great idea you know yeah i think that's uh that's always like the goal you know for me is just focus on the on the song mm -hmm. and all, all those guys kind of taught me that you know honestly just just working with them it's like it's all about the song man always um now we worked together uh did, we did that song no good that was 2013 i believe we did that um, dude i just heard that at um at the last show we played i don't know who was like up to the preview or something but it was on a playlist or something <laughs> and um fucking our dj ld was like dude have you heard this song <laughs> and i'm like yeah i actually i have actually <laughs> i have this value it was like crazy but i haven't heard it in a while and it was like yeah I, I still love that song that's a that's a great record man that came out really well man it was um <clears throat> that ended up becoming like a it was definitely like a fan favorite. Um, we still get requests for it at the shows and, um, Hell yeah. yeah That's it's, awesome. it's been rad. Yeah. Um, no, that was definitely that, um, for us, that was a step, our first kind of step in the, uh, in the realm of like kind of production as far as like, you know, beats and yeah. things like that. Like I've always loved uh -huh. that stuff and I, and I had always wanted to incorporate it somehow. Just didn't really, I just, I didn't get around to it or something. And then I sent you a few songs and you're like, yo, let me produce this. I'm like, all right, you know, what do you got? And then I guess you, like a week later, you sent me this this beat, which is basically like the bare bones beat of kind of what you hear on the final song. But like, yeah, I was like, that's pretty tight. I like that. You know, it's it's different. And it wasn't so different that it was going to like shock and kill our fans. You know, it was it was just, it just had a beat just to it. Just different enough. Different enough, yeah. That's cool, man. man I mean, fun. that's what I kind of like, you know, try and do with like when I remix, so to speak, or re reproduce records, it's like, I just want to make it just different enough, you know, because I mean, it, it shouldn't be like radically different where you're like, whoa, what the fuck, you know? Right. Um, but it should kind of have like a little bit of the same integrity of the band, but still challenge it, you know, because that's, you know, that's, that's why, you know, you, you want to fuck with the kid, you know? Yeah. So I guess, you know, that's kind of like how I went. But that was the like that specific song, man. Like, I really loved, like, again, like, I've always been a fan of your songwriting. So, like, you know, your, your melody choices and stuff like, you know, that was just one where I was like, Psh, I got to fucking, I got to see if they'll let me work on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for doing it, man. That was a cool couple of days. Fuck, dude. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, you know, you got to do some more eventually in the, yeah, yeah. In the future. That's, that'd be dope, man. I, I think it'd be fun, man. I'm, I'm definitely like, I'm, I've gotten, like I've written with uh, a couple other people now. Um, and uh, it's, it's, I learn something every time, like, Mm -hmm. you know it's it's interesting working with totally. other people when you're when you're songwriting specifically you know yeah man. it's uh totally. the ideas man it's so funny like even even with someone that, we, that you feel like um you have the same sort of approach melodically or um subject matter or whatever it is or, or arrangement it's you still find that thing and it's like oh damn you know i guess that's why you collaborate you there's things you just wouldn't think of on your own and it's been pretty interesting you know like what are uh, who, who's somebody that you that you felt you learned a lot from like early on, with like songwriting wise? Oh man, fuck! I know I put you on the like spot. Everybody, my bad. <laughs> well, I mean, 
there, you know, there's I've I've known a lot from a lot of people and even people that you know would be suspected. Um, and I'm constantly learning, man. That's <laughs> like my thing. I, I'm constantly learning and unlearning. You know, yeah. I'm like a like I'm like shedding out old fur to always like make room for the new fur. You gotta you know? evolve because you can't grow nostalgic in this game, man. Like people want to make the same records they love when they're in high school, and that's just that ain't it. You know what I mean? Like right. Like, I mean, if you want to do that, that's cool. But like, you know, like I always wanted to be a professional musician, meaning like I wanted to be able to sustain like a family. I wanted to be able to like, you know, um, get involved in the other business ventures if I wanted to and have the flexibility to do so. So that being said, you know, I had to perform to a certain pedigree or else like that's not possible. Right. Um, so like, you know, for for me, like, I'm just always like trying to still to this day, like I'm always like learning and trying to like work with new people um, constantly, even younger people. Um, but like some people that were really instrumental to my growth were like songwriters and producers like Dave Bassett. Um, I learned so much from him and it's like not even funny, you know, like just again, people who focus on the song and instead of using 5,000 sounds, you know, they use five. And, and each five of those sounds do something phenomenal that supports the song, lead vocal, things like that. You know, I learned from Dave um, or, you know, I've, I've been in the studio with Dr. Luke before and, you know, like his attention to detail on, on, on the minute, you know, way you end certain phrasings and stuff. Like, I just think that that's, you know, gene, syllable count on how you land a hook, things like that, where I'm like, whoa, that's like crazy, you know, or, or even, you know, being in a studio with someone like Eric, who doesn't think about none of that shit, absolutely none of it, and goes off of purely feel and still, like, lands on something just so, like, phenomenal, you know, or so original. And you're just like, dude, like, what the hell? Like, there's there's just been, like, some really key people that have taught me some insane things. And, yeah, to this day, man, even when I work with, like, you know, even young people, I, I see the way that they work, you know, these 20-year-olds. 21 year olds and i'm just like holy shit like you know that goes against everything that i guess i've kind of learned so to speak over the years but i think that's badass you know yeah yeah i was actually listening to uh <clears throat> listening to that new uh post malone song from the spider-man soundtrack uh oh yeah yeah, yeah. and uh was it Sun sunflowers or something like that um uh -huh. i was just listening to it and i and sometimes I just find myself just listening and like kind of deconstructing it, right? And it is a very simple song, but it's interesting. Like um, when you say you're always learning and, and relearning and unlearning and things like that, like it's it kind of a, makes me think of that. Like it, it was, it's like this is new music. Like this is the new popular music. Like yeah, and it's not that it's like a like. I still love my '90s punk rock. Always will, of course, right? But like, um, it, this is just how music sounds now. And these guys figured it out. Like Post Malone yeah. figured it out years ago. Well, they shaped it. He didn't figure it yeah, out. He right? Shaped okay. Yeah, they, they shaped it. That makes more sense. And it's just, and you know, so naturally you're gonna have new artists come come about, and they're gonna they're gonna go off of that. You know, it's just really 100%. weird to think about where music is gonna be, even you know, ten or twenty years from now. Like, yeah. Well, it, it'll it'll continue to keep morphing. And if you notice, like, you know, what's happening with, like, gender and what's happening with, like, you know, race and 
everything's kind of becoming like neutral kind of, you know, mm-hmm. segregation, like, like the, the younger generation wants no more of these walls. Ironically, we're building one. Right. <laughs> um, but so, so what's happening is like, it's the same thing that's happening in our media. It's the same thing that's happening in our entertainment. You know what I'm saying? Like people care less and less about like the rockers sit at this table, the rappers sit over here. Like when we were in school and it's more so just about this kind of like, um, you know, at, at the same time, it's what's hot and what's not. That's ultimately what it's coming into, like a, a big curation, big curation, big playlist and big, you know, shopping cart ads. Like that's what it's kind of turning into. Um, so the people who are at the front of it, who are shaping it, are, are like going to be responsible for how it like, how it morphs. Like in, so here's the way I like, here's the way I kind of see it and how I explain it to like people. Like when I'm at like, you know, Thanksgiving, my family's asking me about the music industry and shit. Um, I'll say like in Jamaica, how it works is when one song, when one type of record blows up and becomes like the biggest song, mm-hmm. everybody makes the rhythm, copies the exact rhythm to a T pretty much and makes records identical to it. Not even like similar. I mean, identical to the record right. and just changes like the top lines. And, and then that is like your top 20 for like the year, yeah. you know? And to a certain degree, that's kind of how it is in America, and it's coming even more so like that. So I think, like, guys like Post Malone, who have constantly blurred the lines, just when you can put your thumb on this guy, he switches it up and has got no shirt on, is playing a Fender guitar, singing Santa Maria. Yeah, he's singing you know? Nirvana songs it's, and shit, dude. Yeah, and, which is, and that's my boy. And he does like, it well. He is like, he's 100% that guy, too. Like, on and off stage. Like, that dude is the real. So, and, and guys like Sway Lee, who come from, you know, Atlanta and come from like the eardrummers background from Mike Will's camp and completely blurred the line of like what trap is and took on the moniker of new rock stars and coined the new Beatles and got Paul McCartney. He like, and now he looks and dresses like Jimi Hendrix and he's completely blurred the line back over to rock. You know, it's this. It's this great paradigm right now where all the rappers are doing more for the rock scene than the big rock bands are doing. Yeah. And I think that that's awesome, you know? Fucking Travis Scott just put Stevie Wonder on his album. Imagine Dragons didn't do that, you know? And I think that that's rad, you know? Like, I I, I think that that's kind of like where we're at now and we're going to continue to see, like, more of this kind of, uh, this social blur of blurring of the lines, you know? It's, it's an exciting time for art, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it really is. There's so much going on. There's so much to pick from. The <clears throat> streaming and everything is like really level the playing field. You know, if distribution... Do you like streaming? What, what's that? Do you like streaming? Streaming music? Like, like, do you support streaming? I do, I do. So... Me too. Yeah, I... You know, it, it's, it's... Because I came from... I started my band in 1995 when all this yeah. shit was... You know what I'm saying? The, the norm was we want to get signed to a major label. You know, we want to be rich. We want to be on the radio. We want to be on Saturday Night yeah, Live. Yeah. Right? That was the whole mentality. That's when people started bands, that was like the dream, right? And yeah. now that that all that shit is over. And it's not about that anymore. And it's not about like I'm not trying to be rich, you know. I want to be comfortable. I want to like, you know, support my family and stuff. But and I'm doing really well with it, but um you know, that whole thing is over. And there was a time where I was like, man, this is like, it definitely like, 
I feel like it's taken money away from what I used to make with the CDs and stuff. And but it's just it's just the way of the world. And you can't. I feel like you can't push it away. You got to embrace it. If you're gonna be, I'm not gonna be the old dinosaur '90s rock guy that's like fuck this <laughs> shit, you know, and like. Uh, you know, taking my shit off of Spotify and like, and no one's ever going to hear my shit. You know, it's like, you just got to roll. Well, you with were it. right though, though. You're, you are right though. There was some dark days after that shit though. Yeah. Yeah. Like it wasn't always partying and playlisting and motherfuckers making money. No, no, no. There no. were dark, dark days. Dude, they're like, nobody. When that shit came about. Nobody understood what a playlist was. It was just, I mean, people made them. Yeah. Because, we've always made mixtapes and stuff since I can remember, up. you know, on cassettes and shit. But like, you know, it's. That's basically what we're doing now, but but nowadays a playlist can make or break you, you know. Um, yeah, man, it's it's nuts, and and I think artists just need to understand that, and I think a lot of new artists do understand. They're not they don't even know that old world, you know. They have no idea nah, what that was like. It's an old model. I mean, it's it's an you old know, model. It's, it's outdated. It's a way old model. Yeah, and and you know, I, I don't I don't know. There's it's not like we made a ton of money back then anyway. You know, it's like it's uh it's just. I saw the difference for a, a couple of years. Like, damn, dude, this is paying like not even a penny on the fucking stream. Like, and it was weird, you know. But um, as the band gets more popular and things, and um, you know, you start seeing better money coming in. And I don't know, it's just the way of the world, man. It's like there's no reason to reject it anymore. And the fact that we all have distribution now. Do you know how fucking hard it was to get a CD out back in the year 2000? You know, I had to take a loan out for a thousand dollars. That's all I could get because I had no money, you know, just to get yeah, CDs printed. Struggles real. Yeah, to get I was shit printed. Press. Yeah. Oh my god. I was driving my shit in boxes to record stores in the Maryland area just to get my shit on the shelves. You know, now it's Guaranteed. like I can sit here, press a button, and all my shit is global. It's, That's kind of. I mean, it's 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 kind of beautiful. I mean, it's a blessing and a curse too. You know, you get like the oversaturation, of course. Yes. Yes. But the cream always rises to the top, you know? It does, man. Like, if your shit's good, people are going to notice. Yeah, man. Quality and consistency. You know, that's that's what I always tell, like, all the artists on, on our label. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, it's, it's that fair balance, you know? You have to be consistent, but you have to still put out quality. I know it sounds impossible, but right. and it kind of is almost. But you have, that's, that's your goal. That should always be the focal point. You know, like, cause, cause you can't go wrong with that. You know, if you can stay something on a timely, consistent basis and the shit's dope and occasionally it's fucking insanely dope. Yeah. Oh, you're good. You know, but I'll tell you one thing, man, like, and, and bands like, you know, like you guys, like you guys, that is still the proven method. And, and I'll tell you that I'm not going to name any names or nothing, but you know, I live out here in Hollywood. So like, I, I meet a lot of these people. We bump a lot of shoulders, you know, some of these YouTubers or famous, you know, right. social influencers or whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'll tell you the one thing that 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 does seem to be a, a reoccurring trend. And I see it is very hard for people who exist predominantly online to carry that over into a real life like events, like meeting these people in real life. It's it's really hard for them to kind of like make that transition from online and then be able to exist in a tangible kind of form, you know, nothing really beats meeting people. Yeah. Nothing will ever really replace the connecting with another human being. And you cannot connect the same way online that you can in person. 100%. Uh, 
So of course, over the course of the years, you'll you know you started to see like more and more social influencers like be more involved because you know they're seeing that they have to. But that's all mimicking the one thing. Like the, that's the rock band way, baby. You guys tour like motherfuckers, man. Yeah. And that's like you have to, you know. And that's that's what I think is like imperative for like like all like you know bands and and rappers even, you know, like you got to like tour and you got to like go out there and meet those people, man. Like, yeah, you can have a million followers on Instagram and that's cool in the game. But like when the next thing, you know, is up, those people ain't really following you or those people grow up and like, it could be a a million different reasons why they no longer fuck with your account. But it's different when you're out there, like actively part, like getting them to participate in events and like live events and just existing in this kind of community that you create. And, you know, I've, I've always seen like you and your band always do a really great job at just, you know, going out there and, you know, just sticking with your fans, man, meeting them, touring, putting out music, you know, and just keeping that, that cycle going, you know, that's, it's really easy for bands to just, you know, not do that. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. It's, you know, if nothing else, like, yeah, fuck all the social media, fuck everything. Else. I mean, you need social media these days for sure because, like we said, the play field, playing field's been leveled so hard by the streaming. So you got to stand out. You got to you make a connection. But like the, it's all about making making the record and then taking it to the people, go, getting on the road and going and seeing these people, show, playing these songs for people that that are buying your shit or streaming your shit. And um, that's that's always been the thing, and it's never going to change. Um, just nowadays, it's like you have to be engaging online as well. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to be throwing up shit on your story or, you know, putting up videos and, um, you know, people want to see that because that's, that's where everybody lives now. Everybody's on their phone. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing that people are on their phones all the time. I think there is a time and place like you shouldn't be like all up on your phone at dinner time and think, you know, when you should be talking to your family or whatever it is. Or if you're in a, in a conversation with someone, you know, you shouldn't have your phone out and just it's I feel like that's disrespectful. Right. But yeah, yeah we like, live. Try and compare it. Try and compare it to like the newspaper. Yeah. So every time you're holding your phone, just imagine that you're just holding a newspaper. Yeah. Like, would you just be holding a newspaper while your kids like eating? You know. <laughs> yeah. Like in the middle of dinner, or would you be doing it the first thing in the morning when he's up playing, like, or whatever? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. That's how I always like try and think of it. Like, hmm, would I be reading the paper right now? <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's 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 true. Like we I feel like this is the world that our kids are going to live in. And I feel like they have such such an edge on us from when we were babies. Like my, you know, when my son was 1, he was playing on the iPad. You know, it's like that is a huge advantage. And these kids are just going to be so fucking savvy when they get older, you know. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope, right? Um I don't think that that you know, people say millennials are, you know, not, they're not, uh, they're lazy and things like that. You hear that kind of shit. And well, nah, we, we, we had it so hard. It's like, it's like, yeah, we did have it tough, but it's a different world now, man. You know, like I, I actually beg to differ. And I, I would actually say that millennials have it even harder. You think so? In, in, well, I mean, this is very vague and I'm just kind of firing off the hip. So, but I mean, just, just off top, like, um, you know, most most of our parents own homes, yeah. or you know, that's true. And 
nobody I know owns homes. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just that alone, like, like the millennial generation can barely afford to even, um, I guess, be able to purchase homes and medical insurance. The kind of things that, you know, our parents kind of, uh, put into priority as well but you know it, it was also a different time mm -hmm. that the economy allowed them to kind of you know do these things um so like i feel like it's it's a little bit more difficult for i think the millennial generation to to probably what is it like generation z or something i think that's who we're talking about because we're the millennial generation i think so yeah there's but yeah. even like our our generation included like it's a lot more difficult to uh, achieve the quote-unquote American dream, so to speak. But then that also has a huge, you know, that's that's usually affected by, like, the, the the trends that people consume, like the shit that people, like, spend their money on, the shit that people idolize, you know? Like, right. it's kind of gone, it's kind of gone wayward, you know, like, towards these these days. So, I don't know. It's, it is kind of like a really weird balance, though, to think, like, who had it worse or who had it better. Like, mm hmm um, I retract my statement. I don't think that they necessarily have it worse, but I think that every generation just has it bad always. Yeah, there's there's something like, affecting. Man, it's always the end of the world, and it's always like you know what's been, like oh no, this is the oh no period. Every decade, you know, you study back in the history. This is all, it's a reoccurring trend you always see. Like it's always the end of times, you know. Yeah, healthcare is always gonna suck. College loans are gonna be yeah, ridiculous. You know, people are never gonna pay off their school. The poor are gonna get poor. <laughs> And then what's going to happen is that there'll be a correction and it'll level out because when the poor get too poor, there's a revolt. And, you know, we've learned that we don't, we can't have that. So <laughs> I don't know, like society will just always work on this stupid scale that I don't know who's controlling it, but it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so way back in the day, let's say, um, okay. So like, Oh eight, we, uh, went out, we took dirty heads out for like three weeks, three or four weeks or something like that on like a, late fall tour 2008 and um i remember specifically man we we played to eight people us and the dirty heads it was eight people at profit bar in dallas and we, we were joking about it and which has one of the best the best green rooms ever as far as like dick drawings like oh amazing dude Just... amazing i saw the helicopter and, no oh dude it was insane there were that's that's amazing amazing dick doodles man um, <laughs> it's not. it's not a green room if there's not a dick on the wall that's true man um, that's true so yeah so <clears throat> we did this tour had a great time and uh a few months later we're down in mexico uh for some party some some show it was like us the b foundation dirty heads some other bands and uh this was 2009 april and uh so after the, it was like the night before the the show, we got there early. And we're hanging out and um, ran into you know Dirty Heads guys and all this. And Jerry comes up to me later, and he's it's just me and him at the van. He's like, "Hey, dude, check this out. You got to hear this song." I was like, "All right." He said he, he pops it in. He said, "Yeah, we um we wrote it with this kid Rome." And uh, I was like, "All right." So he played the song, and you know it was "Lay Me Down," and I was like, "Damn, dude!" I said, "Play that shit again." Like it was it was fucking good. You know, like there was something, it really just, it took what they were doing and it just really like, it, it right there, there was an explosion in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? And a year later, those guys are on the radio and they're, and they're just doing the thing. Um, 
And it, it was fucking rad. So what, how, how did that come about? What, what did, uh, how did that song well, thank come you, about? First and foremost, man. Oh, you for know, sure. That's, you know, um, a lot of this music industry, like, still, is still magic. There's something about, like, sometimes, like, it's, it's a lot of magic, you know? And that was, that, that was, that was like a piece of magic that happened for all of us. Um, so that was a song, like, I, I had the chorus of that song written. Um, I was going to put that on the first Sublime McGrone record. Cause I was jamming with Eric at the time and we were already talking about doing, uh, like, he was already talking about getting Sublime back together. So he was like, yeah, come up with some stuff so we can do an album. And I was like, fuck, all right. So I, I had the chorus to that and I, and I wrote it in the van that I was living in. And I have it on like a voicemail somewhere. Um, but so then, uh, did you say in a van so the you were same, living in? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, you're checking yeah. off all the boxes here. Keep going. <laughs> so fuck, dude. So like, we have the same management, uh, Dirty Head and Sabine McCrone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, our management was like, yo, uh, you guys should spend a day like just writing a song. Um, it's like, okay, cool. You know, so I had some ideas that I, you know, kept in the box and i we we met over at duddy's it was just like me duddy and jared i think dave was there too because dave recorded it on his computer and uh so we started writing you know some songs and i don't know they all suck and then i was like you know i got this little idea and then i showed it to them and you know they were like yo this is dope like let's fucking let's fuck with this you know and then they wrote their verses and I remember le- like leaving that day. I was like, "Man, I don't like that shit. Like, <laughs> I don't like the cowboy shit. I don't like gimmicky music. It ain't my thing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is. Which goes to show you, that I don't know absolutely dick about anything. Who fucking does, but, man? But, I know, right? As I say, it's all fucking magic anyway. Yep. But uh, so like, I was like, whatever, you know. Um, but everyone really liked the song, and then the song just sat there. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just sat there. And then, like, a year later, or not even, like, maybe, like, four months later, uh, the peer, they were, like, doing a compilation. And they were, like, yo, does anybody have any music that they want to submit to this thing? And uh, the Dirty Heads submitted Lay Me Down. And um, and then I submitted a record. And then that came out. And then it sat for, like, another six months. So I think the song had already been out for, like, a fucking year, dude. Wow. And, um... So, the, so our manager Cheese had a meeting with uh, with K Rock, Kevin Weatherly, and Lisa Warden. Uh, well, no, Lisa wasn't there; it was just Kevin. And um, he had his assistant Tamara make a um, a CD of five songs uh, off of any port in the storm, because he was going to go up there and try and get Stan Tall uh, spun on the radio. And her favorite song that Dirty Heads ever did was "Lay Me Down." So she was like, you know what? Fuck the bullshit. And she just snuck that song on track one. Up. So there were six songs instead of five songs in the CD. And and that wasn't the song. The first track was supposed to be Stand Tall. But she made it Lay Me Down lay me down, and then Stand Tall. So Cheese went over to K-Rock and, you know, met with Kevin, popped the CD in. And then the first song, whoa, 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 whoa. And Cheese is like, face lit, 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 lights up. Because it's the wrong song, but Kevin Weatherly, Kevin Weatherly stands up and just starts like, whoa, what is this? Damn. So he ain't going to stop him. And he played the song like four times in a row, back to back to back to back to back. 
And like Cheese didn't say anything. He was just like, yo, this guy likes a song, this song. Yeah. And um he's like, yo, like, when do you want to spin the song? And uh Cheese was like, Look, I have to tell you that it isn't mastered. I can get it mastered today. I don't know what it's gonna sound like on the radio. And he's like, I'll tell you what it'll sound like on the radio. I'll tell you right now. What? And he grabbed the song and went over to the DJ and was like, play this song next. I didn't even know they could still do this shit. Oh, shit. And they fucking, they played the song without announcing it, didn't say anything about who it was, and just spun the song. And this was like in 2010 when this shit, like, when, like, the tail end of, you know, the radio and, like, you know, calling and requesting shit, you know, phones blowing up. Yeah. Um, and they spun the record and the phones blew up in L.A. Everybody hit K-Rock and was just like, is this the new Sublime shit that we're hearing? Like, rumored. Everybody thought this was the new, like, Sublime. Like, Sublime in Rome hadn't been announced yet. It had just been locally kind of, like, passed around that Sublime was jamming again um, with this new Mexican kid. And that was, like, the rumor, you know? Mm -hmm. But everybody thought it was, like, you know, that. And, uh, you know, they were wrong. And then they announced, like, yo, uh, no, it's a band called The Dirty Heads. You know, if you like it, call them request it again um and then from that point on they just put it in power they fucking spun that shit like four times a day and then you know what happens when k-rock puts it in power like if it performs it performs for the whole country yeah if it does bad the song will never get looked at ever again yep and that song did really well for us you know like and what a fucking it was, cool story <laughs> yeah you know but you know like it it the dirty heads had been a band for 10 years prior to that though yeah you know what I mean? And like you said, like they, you, like you guys were playing for eight people. You know what I'm saying? Right. And they were playing for like eight to 15 people across the whole country. I was doing it with them for a little bit. And, you know, like what that does when you have a song that does what that did, which is the equivalent today of getting on a huge playlist or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. well, nothing will ever beat radio as far as like what radio can do. Um, but that'll change eventually because it's getting closer and closer. Yeah. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Quick promo right here. Shameless, shameless as ever. The new Ballyhoo song, Fighter, is out now. Uh, it includes Dark Sunglasses, California King, and Renegade, the previous singles from the last year. We wanted to put them all together so you had them in one place. We're super excited to have this out. We, it's completely DIY. We did it all ourselves uh, from recording to production to mixing to mastering and release. We did it all ourselves and we're very proud of it. If you haven't checked it out yet, please go stream it wherever you listen to music. Spotify, Apple Music, and everywhere else. It's Fighter by my band, Ballyhoo. Uh, we love you and we hope to see you at the shows. Thank you so much. And now, back to the podcast. But back then, you know, especially, like, what that song did was activated. It activated all 10 of those people in every city that the Dirty Heads had performed at and turned them into 30 people. Just like that. Just like that. Tripled their audience from 10 to 30. So then when we went on the road and played for all those people again in the C, B, and A markets, those 30 people then turned to 50 to 100 to 250, to 500, to so forth and so on. And the Dirty Heads never let up, you know, where it could have been really easy to just play all the radio festivals. They still fucking duked it out because that's what our manager does. He's like, yo, do it the politician way. Do it the way John F. Kennedy did it, you know. He, he, there's a picture of John F. Kennedy with his shoe 
like him holding his shoe and there's a hole in the bottom of it from campaigning door to door, you know, every fucking day. And that's exactly how I see the road, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and dude, I watched what that did firsthand for the Dirty Heads. I watched what it did for the boys. Like, playing their ass off with no record. You know, great songs, but no big songs. And then that song doing really well and then watching what it did. It didn't put them into fucking amphitheater or it, it didn't put them into like selling out House of Blues overnight. Hell no, it didn't. But it did what I said it did. It, it tripled it. And this, they continue to grow with better songs and a sicker live show. And it just, you know, those guys grow like crazy, bro. They're like one of, they are like the biggest band in the genre. Like they may not have a bigger name than Sublime, but they like, they're freaking massive, you know, like they're super good with their fans and, you know, the Dirty Heads are the real deal. You know, they, they consistently always bring the new sound and we're very, very, you know, when it comes to record making, like very, very picky about that, you know, it's like, where do you want to go and challenge next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen, uh, seen several shows, um, in the last couple of years and, and the, the live shows certainly like gone up, it's been improved immensely. Um, and it seems like they're always thinking about it. It's, they care, you know, it's like, they definitely care. They want the set to look good. They, they want, you know, they, they do good, great set lists, you know, and they just come out slamming, you know, they, that, that show they did, the one that really stands out is the one they did at, uh, Cali Roots in 2017. Um, they just came out and fucking smashed it had the big screens and like just it was just a, it was a great performance and it just, yeah. just felt the, the electricity you know that's important you know and the good I guys mean, at, the end of the day, at the end of the day you know we're in the entertainment industry right right you know we're entertainers we're on the show man poets and rock stars and all that we're just entertainers man i know that's it's it's been great to great to watch that and you you've been uh pretty heavily involved you know, since then, you know, I, you always have songs on their new records and things like that. Um, no, those are my boys, man. We're like family. Yeah, for sure. Um, when the, when the, when the whole, uh, sublime thing happened, um, I remember, you know, I remember like reading about it and seeing things and, um, I guess, uh, Eric approached, approached you about doing it and you guys, well, you guys jammed out a little bit and what was the deciding factor? What was it like, okay, this is the guy, like, you're the guy. I don't even really know. I think it was, like, I, I just, like, rocked with him for a long time, you know? Like, the key to Eric's heart is music. He don't really know how to talk to people, so you're not going to sit down and just have a conversation with him, you know what I mean? Like, like, you have to do it through music. That's how you get to know Eric. And we spoke the same language. Like, very fluently. I, like, because I am a jammer, meaning I can just pick up and I can noodle and I can hear what key you're in and I can play with you for hours. We can go on forever. I can never run out of riffs. Um, and same with Eric. He's a jammer. Um, he can play multiple instruments. I can play multiple instruments. So we would just take turns, just jam. And after doing that for like two years, I think he just kind of like started to like like me, you know, and, you know, started to like, liked making music with me, you know, because we'd come up with some original stuff and, you know, it was very like uh, rock oriented and really jammy, you know, but, you know, he's, he's into that kind of stuff. Um, and then, 
you know, he, he, he always had these like dope ass house parties. And, um, he was like, I was at one of these parties and he's like, yo, are you down to play like a sublime song? And I was like, yeah, fuck it. You know, we'll play anyone you want. And so we played like, I think like wrong way. And then, and then that like, you know, people were like, all, like all of Long Beach was there and people were like, yo, play more, play more. And we ended up playing a bunch of songs and then we just keep doing it. We kept doing it at all the parties. And then I, like, I don't know, maybe like after six months of doing that, um, he just called me up and was like, yo, I, I'll never forget. It was on my birthday. It was, or it was on my brother's birthday. I think it was like 2008, October 28th. It was like two in the morning. He was like, yo, would you be down to sing for Sublime? And I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm like sleeping. It's like two in the morning. I'm like, yeah, sure. hundred percent. He's like, all right, cool. Come over to my house tomorrow. I'm like, all right. And I remember I was like laying next to my chick at the time. And I'm just like, yo, Eric just asked me to sing for Sublime. She's like, Go to bed, you know, I'm like, all right. And, <laughs> Go to bed. and I used to have like this, uh, I used to have like a notepad next to my bed for like, you know, whatever I thought of, I'd write it down. Sure. I should start doing it again. Um, and I just remember, and I fucking wish I had that, but I remember writing down like the exact time and date and just like, yo, Eric Wilson just asked me to sing for Sublime. Shit, he's crazy. And I just closed it and tried to go back to bed. But, yeah, man, that was like, and, and then, yeah, that was like, you know, slowly like the beginning of everything. But, you know, at the same time, like, like th that took like a year to set up, a year and a half to set up, you know? Right. Because I guess he had to go and get his band name and stuff legally. And, um, but during that whole time, like, ironically, just random as fuck, the lay me down stuff happened. Yeah. That's around the same time. So it was like one thing really helped the other thing out kind of in a really weird way. And and then because of like, you know, the success of Laying Me Down, it was great because they were like a cool opening band for when Sublime got, you know, things up and running. Then they could, and then, I don't know, it was just this perfect ecosystem that helped each other out, you know? Yeah, the timing's crazy on that. Timing's crazy, bro. That's why I say it's a lot to do with magic, bro. It's like, call it God, call it whatever you want. But a lot of the shit is still magic, you know? Yeah, I mean you're you know you're aligning yourself with the with the right people you know there's there's strategy there's it's it's a whole thing you know there's a whole involved thing. yeah no totally i mean I, I knew i wasn't gonna do this in the bay you know i knew i had to fucking pack my shit up and move down south um you know and it is a lot to do with you know just putting yourself in the right spot and and being valuable to people yeah. that's one thing that i i can't stress enough man is like do you bring value to people's lives you know, and not because you want anything out of return, but just because it feels good, because it's fun. You know, like, do you like to, like, I've always loved to just help people the best way that I can. And that's in music. So like being in the studio with somebody like, you know, whether I'm the engineer or, you know, if I can get you coffee, I don't give a fuck, man. If I, you know, I just like being in the studio. So it's like, that was always my MO was to like, you know, be valuable to people, um, who want to make music because I like making music and I can, I can help you guys, you know, hopefully in return, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, it somehow kind of helps me, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird how it works. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's how it is being like <clears throat> putting out music, being, being an artist, like going on stage. Like for me, it's like it, it at, at the very top, it starts with me. Like I'm doing this for me. Like I love 
making music, making things, like creating things, you know, whatever it is, videos or writing songs or drawing or whatever it is. I'm just that, that guy. And, um, and so it starts with me. But then once it goes out to the world, you know, the music's out there and people are starting to connect with the songs on different levels for whatever reason and it becomes theirs. Um, and then you go and you play those songs for people and then you meet meet them at the merch table and they tell you how much that you mean to them or something. It's just this wild thing that happens. I know, right? It's unexplainable, yeah, how you, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have my favorite bands and my favorite, you know, my rock gods and things like that. So when I, if I've ever had a chance to meet somebody, like I'm, I'm sure I'd fangirl too, you know? Um, it, because these people mean something to you. It's like, it's wild. And it's just weird for me <laughs> to think that, you know, I'm anywhere in that for somebody. Like, uh, yeah, you know, because it's like you'd be going about your day at the grocery store, and no one knows who the fuck you are. You're just like, this is so rad. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like that's what I always tell people. Like, I feel like I have it like the best. Meaning, like, I only get spotted out by like hardcore, sublime fans or like ha- hardcore fans of what I do passionately. And right out the gate, then that means that we have something in common, so it's not weird. Right. Like, like it's not like I get spotted out by people who are like, oh, dude, that dude caught a major L this week on fucking this blog or whatever. Like, Or like I get spotted out for like wearing a shitty outfit or something. It's like, <laughs> nah, the only people who ever recognize me, which is, you know, not very often, by the way, but the only people who ever recognize me are like people who really love what we do would probably be the same people who like would recognize you for real. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's really rad. Like we get our privacy, but yet exactly like you say, like, you know, we maybe just might be like mean something to somebody, you know, like that we never thought in a million years that we would be able to connect to people like that. But to the power of music, you know, we have that ability. Yeah. It's a wild thing, man. Um, so <clears throat> Sonic Ranch, man, I've been there. I did a record there. Um, yeah, I know. With Paul Leary. Yeah, with Paul Leary. You like my recipe, huh? It's good. Dude. Um, it's beautiful, right? It's it's a, it's amazing. Dude, it is. And I'll tell you what, it's not my, my recipe. I'm just joking. I grabbed it from fucking many other bands before me. For sure. But yeah, 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 actually. But, dude, I swear to God, I will do records there forever, man. Because it's just, Tony runs an amazing spot. And the vibe there is just, phenomenal right i mean you know what i'm talking about it's like the food's great yeah. fucking, oh my god just the whole vibe of being able to disconnect i think is so important it is to to just be away and like you're like what 30 miles east of el paso like right on the border and in tornillo and there's nothing it's, around it's except what was it pecan trees um yeah and uh the the staff is so friendly and you get up in the morning and you they'll make whatever you want and they're so nice and um you know tony's like one of like probably the most interesting man in the world i'd say yes at least top five <laughs> yeah he does like a little bit of everything um i heard wild, i heard he uh he he uh, he'll cut a cake with a samurai sword like a birthday cake <laughs> just Dude, random he shit. does that every year <laughs> um yeah, he. Uh, I caught him one night. I was. It was like late. I was getting something like I'm making a frozen pizza or something. And he came and he was like, it's like eleven o'clock or something after the session was over. And I'm about to go to bed, and I'm out in the kitchen. And he's like, he's like, oh hey man, what's up? I'm like, oh hey, what's up, bro? He's like, you guys want to like 
do like a wine tasting? I was like, fuck yeah, we do. I just like text all the guys. <laughs> so we're just up for like two. He like tells us all these wines. He's pouring wine. It's all this fine shit, real expensive. It's so good. I know you just tasted like thousands of dollars worth of wine. Yeah, he just left us it. alone for like two or three hours. It was amazing. Wine tasting in the mixed room. <laughs> so good. It was so good. I know, dude. That that place is magical, man. You know, when, when you're there with good people, it's like it brings out a real special thing. Yeah, no. yeah. It's, um, did you do your last record with Paul? We did. Uh, so not the one we just put out, but the one before it, Girls. We did okay. that. And um, Detonate. That's a new one. Detonate's right? a new one. Yeah. I like that shit. That shit's dope. Thanks, man. It's a um, punk rock record. I mean, you know, you're you're definitely going like a whole different direction with this one, huh? Yeah. It was. Uh, it's not. Um, it wasn't anything that was like. Okay, I want to make a punk record because you know the Girls' record was kind of like a pop reggae thing, kind of a party album. And um, I love that record, but things had happened, like, like, you know, my dad passed away and there were, you know, just things are starting to build up with, you know, within like my feelings about yeah. being on the road so long and just being in a band so long, just all those things. Like it, I was in a very dark space in, in my mind and like, you know, you just start writing and um, that stuff comes out and I was like, this stuff isn't going to work on like a pop reggae backdrop. Like I just knew that like I went back to my, you know, pop punk roots you know 14 year old just slamming on the guitar you know and Fuck yeah and yeah and it just came out the way it did it was very organic and um yeah, i love it still I, melodic I, I as fuck you know you you sent me over um i think like maybe two or two or three of the records i don't know what state they were in this was a while ago but I, you know i'm I, I remember texting you like i love the lyrics you know like you know that's like you could just tell like you know you were in a spot where you really wanted to really just kind of dig deep and make a record that you wanted to make real quick without getting, without thinking too much, you know? That's exactly how it went down too, is, you know, I wrote most of the stuff here in my studio over a couple months at the end of 2017. And then we went in, I think we did it in like eight days in January, this past January. And, um, yeah, about a year ago now. And, uh, yeah, it just came out the way it did. And I was, I'm super stoked. Like it was one of the quickest, things we've ever done and it's so slamming to me like everything's just done really well i feel like we really just kind of <clears throat> i really flex my you know my producer and engineering muscles on this like as far as like like we had our engineer mike just he's great he's really good at what he does and um made it sound fucking amazing but uh you know i was just down here and at, at taking my own time with it with the vocals and sometimes with my daughter in my lap you know just kind of banging it out and um i'm really happy the way it turned out no man, that's that's fucking important. Um, I I heard you mention um, like writing about like being on the road a lot and stuff. Like as a dad, like what are some of the things that kind of help you out? Like being on the road. I'm just curious. You know, Facetime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, oh, shit. Um, it's uh, I don't know how people did it back in the day. Like being on the what road. What do you think about that? Like, like when you know, like you're like you know. 50 or whatever like is you know is this still something that like you're like in it for the long haul yeah i'm i'm absolutely in it for the long haul if if i wasn't i would have quit a long time ago man this shit is yeah. fucking hard you know it's it's not it's not easy and um i've been this band is going to be 24 in in the summer this summer Fuck, that's crazy, 24 bro. years dude and you know and we've we've been touring it'll be i guess 13 13 years this year will be our, you know, how long we've been actually touring. 
we, yeah, we were yeah. playing shows and stuff before that, but we hit the road in 2006 finally. And yeah, you started getting day sheets and shit. Yeah, day sheets. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was a day sheet back then? It was like <laughs> yeah, get, right. It's like, oh, there's the venue. Let's go find the fucking bar and, and stock up on a bunch of try beer. and stop drinking at this time. Yeah, yeah. Beer. We'll drink for eight <laughs> hours. We'll go on stage. We'll keep drinking. And then we'll keep drinking after that. <laughs> you know, it was totally. just a fucking mess back then. But you know, so yeah, things get tough, and um, I, I miss the family and. It's nice. I'm I'm a big fan of structure, dude. I love yeah. waking up, having the coffee, like getting the kids to school or whatever it is, like, and just doing the things that I do. I love that. And and this is such a wrench in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's just first off, it's Groundhog Day, and yeah, right. And and as much as every day is exactly the same, there's so many different things that you just don't learn from. Like, oh, we should have left an hour ago because now we're stuck in LA traffic or whatever it is. Um, it, it's just there's so many things that you're constantly learning and, and uh, it's just a grind the whole time. And I think every band um, needs to go out there and have that experience uh, as a rite of passage to me, you know, like I feel like you're not working unless you're out there fucking crushing on the road and grinding and sleeping on floors and um, you know, eating shit food and you know, making, but, but it's all about making friends. You go out there on tour, you make friends. Like it's, I don't know how many times, I mean, we've played so many cities now. We'll stay with random people be out, of, out of the kindness of their hearts. We'll take in, you know, five, six, seven guys at a time and, you know, let us use their showers and eat their food. And it's God bless their heart. The man. hospitality, man. That is everything. I mean, just to even get gas money, you know, <sighs> dude. But no, like, you know, the, the reason I ask is just because it's like, you know, that that's one of those things where I feel like a lot of people like kind of always wonder, you know what I'm saying? Like. Because, like, when you're in a band, like, when you're 20 and shit, like, everyone's like, oh, that's so dope, sick, you're in a band, you're so lucky, ah. And then, like, you know, as those people who are saying all that get older, they all get wives and kids and shit. And then, like, you know, you you get older, like, then everyone starts to, like, whoa, you're going to do this forever kind of shit. And, yeah. You know, that's where, like, I don't think people really understand that, like, you know, it's like, you're, like... You're either about that life or you're not. Like, you either have it in you or you don't. Like, the people who, like, I feel like the people who, you know, can't make it out on the road, they don't. Yeah. You know? Like, and and the people, you know, who, who really, like, can't live without, you know, performing, they, they just make it work, you know? Like... They cut from a different cloth, know? man. Yeah, man, for sure. Like, you know, you kind of got to have that, like, nomad in your blood, I guess, yeah. or something. Well, I think... I think we've all, um, any, any artist, anybody that wants to go down the less traveled path, that's not going to live in the sandbox. You know, like I was always like, I'm not going to fucking do this. I didn't want to go to college. I couldn't wait to get out of school. Like I, I knew from an early age what I wanted to do. And, um, it was, I always knew I was like, fuck all this. I am not going to be going to work at a warehouse. I, I did. I did that. I, wait, I waited tables. I worked at warehouses. I, I was, you know, uh, packing trucks and shit. Like I was, I did all that. And that was only because you know, the music was just another thing. I, it wasn't taking off, you know, so I was just, I had to work. And, um, it, you know, you get that. Like, I got it from my grandmother grandmother back in the day. You need to go to college. You need to do something. It was always, you got to have something to fall back on. I always, yeah. I always felt like it was this uh, hypocritical thing to be like, when you're a kid, you can be anything you want. You can do whatever you want. And then when it comes time, like, no, nah, I need to get a fucking job. And you need to get married. Yeah. And you need to have kids. And then you're going to fucking die one day. That, that's and I was against it, you know. Dude, that's so true. They like spend your whole life telling you that, and then when you do get the 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 opportunity, then it's like, nah, fuck all that. <laughs> you can't do that. 
That's not going to work. Yeah. And yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to fix that. Yeah. And it, it's been really nice. Um, it's been really great. My, my mom, mom, she's, she's the best man. She's, uh, she's going to be, oh my gosh, she's going to be 89 this year. She just turned 88. And, um, she, you know, she just did that because she cared and she didn't want me to be homeless, you know? And like, of course. and, and now, nowadays she's like, she's like, I'm so proud of you guys. This is so cool that you guys can do this. And, you know, so it was nice to get that sort of validation. Like, like she understands that, you know, you can pursue a dream. You can do what you want to do. You know, you just got to work fucking hard for it, man. And which is tight too, man. And you just said it right there. Like it's a lot of fucking work, but you got to love it. You know, you got to love it, man. You got to love it. And, and the people that, that pull that, is this what you're going to do? You're going to, Oh, you're still doing that. Huh? It's like, yeah, I fucking am dude. Like go do your thing. That that's fine. You can't even do what I do. You know, it used to to like really piss me off. You know, I'd be like, fuck off, dude. And, And, this is what I do and you know and yeah nowadays it is tough because my kids they didn't sign up for this you know and then I have to explain it to them but they know th- this is how dad makes money and how we live you know and but at the same time it's like that's at the same exact time like you know like that that's kind of a badass thing to be inspiring like your child as well you know what I mean like because that's that's how I think too like you know for for my son like I'm like a walking example of yeah you can kind of do whatever the fuck you want. You really like, you can. And you can like you don't have to do that or you don't have to be this or be that. Like you can march to the beat of your own drum, you know what I'm saying? Like and I'm the living proof of that. Like you know, yeah, you know, dad may be gone for, you know, a good chunk, but I mean, you know, I'm showing you that anything is possible, you know, and 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 and, and both of us, you know, in 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 what we do regardless to the caliber you know like it's just it's showing you know like it's showing our kids that anything's possible you know like we'll take our kids to like you know crazy crazy shows you know watching like you know he'll he'll come to like festivals and shit and we'll watch like you know big ass headliners with their crazy light shows and fucking insane shit and you know just like yo look there's like anything's possible you can go way up to the sky you know or or if you want you can keep it real mellow and keep it down here you know but I think it's important that, you know, we, we do shit like that, you know, to, to, if we want to, like, you know, then like you say, you, you fucking own it. You know, you're like, yeah, motherfucker, I do do this shit and just be about it. Cause it's, you know, it inspires people. I think. Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's one of those things like you're raised to think that you have to be a part of the rat race and you're supposed to live in this, this sandbox and um, the, the cookie cutter life. And it's like, no dude, like <laughs> this is not, this is not me and my kid my kids want to be youtubers i mean it's crazy and, and i'm like yeah you could you could totally do that <laughs> if you want. yeah it's just like that's that's just the way of the world now my, my nephew is like i want to be a gamer he's he's fucking uh five i'm like dude you can totally do that you know it's it uh, for me it's all about encouragement and um you know as long as you work hard at it and it's some, and you put all your focus on it you can absolutely do it, you know, and things are going to get in the way. Life is going to get in the way. Things are going to happen, but you need to be, you need to persevere and be resilient and just, and just keep your eyes on the prize. Yeah. Life has a funny way of always just fucking shit up. People need to remember that. I think, you know, everyone's just so sensitive now. It's like very sensitive time, you know, it's a very sensitive time. And I, and I understand, you know, like, I mean, I I wasn't really brought up mad sensitive, you know what I mean. I had I had like a pretty you know, pretty uh, straightforward you know father and stuff like as far as like, 
leniency goes, you know, so, um, so, you know, it's like, I kind of see things, you know, like you, you either do them or you don't, you know, you like it or you don't, if you don't like it, you don't do it, you know, don't hang out with those people if you don't like to do it. It's like, but, it's so simple, but, but it's, it's like the best though. advice, man. <laughs> and, but, but, you know, it's, 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 it's different now. So, and, and, and people, you know, um, I don't, I don't know how, but you know, people let the outside world really affect them more so than when I was, you know, growing up. So that being said, you know, everybody kind of has to be on their best behavior and be, be sensitive to, to how other people do shit, you know? And, and we're going to see how, you know, that, that has an effect, you know, but I think as long as you just stay grounded and shit, you know, I'm, I'm going to teach my kids to just, just, you know, do what they got to do, you know, and don't, don't piss anybody off, you know, but if you got it, then you got to piss some people off. That's what it is. Yeah. You got to be, you got to be hard sometimes, <laughs> man. You know, yeah, you can't man, get walked you gotta. on. You can't get the world will push you around, bro. The world will boss you around. Yep. It's very, very, very important. You know, the world so. will shit on your face, man. But you, you got to. Yeah. If, if, if you let them, you know, like, I don't know, like it's important to partner up with like-minded individuals, man. You know, that's why like when you reached out to do this, I was like, man, bro, let's, you know, like, Hey, we got to empower each other, lift each other up in numbers. You know what I mean? Like, dude, yeah. This... Like, that's the, like that, that's the whole reason why I started my label was just because I have a platform. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of talented people, like a lot of talented friends, and I work really closely with the songwriter and producer community. Um, and like, I have a platform to help people and to be able to grow things. And, you know, as long as I can create the platform and, and, be able to help, you know, keep like-minded people fucking with each other and keep good ideas floating. You guys can make opportunities for yourselves, you know, like I'll be able to cook up some opportunities as well. But for the most part, I'll build a platform. You guys cook opportunities and, you know, we create an ecosystem that helps each other out. That's how I want to, you know, keep, keep doing it and, you know, keep inspiring people to, to do the same, you know? Yeah. You're like, you're like an incubator, man. Yeah, bro. I mean, you know, and, and, and what am I incubating? We ain't incubating no fucking hate shit, you know, nah. no bad speech or nothing. Nah, like nah, we're nah. playing out music, yeah. you know, music that that resonates. It's the arts, man. So, yeah, it's the art, man. And you know, the way I see it is like, if I'm able to 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 provide an opportunity for somebody to further their career, no matter how big or small it is, but somewhere forward, um, then you know, we're already putting ourselves in a much better position to lift the people up around us, you know, like you got to start locally. Right. So I'm like, fuck it. Let me lift up our brothers, our songwriters and our producers and our artists, you know, same way, man. That's why I, I love working with, uh, <clears throat> with young bands or bands that haven't done a whole lot, you know, like kind of the baby bands. I love working, yeah. with, working with that, that, and it's, it's just, um, I don't know. You kind of help. I get, I, I get asked questions and advice all the time. And I didn't realize that I was like, wow, I guess I do know a lot of shit. I've been through a lot. And so that's part of why I started the, why I started the podcast was because I can talk about this stuff and hopefully, you know, bands, artists, whatever, will actually learn and maybe not, you know, take a few shortcuts. Like I said, I think, I think you should be sleeping on floors and kind of living that life for a while to kind of really get the appreciation for when things do pop off. But like, um, as far as like, you know, going, going all the way to the middle of the country to go play a show, um, that was supposed to have a radio station attached and, and, you know, it doesn't, you didn't, 
ask beforehand. You just went and did it, you know, for no money and then drive 1500 miles back home. You know, those types of things, you know, like the, the little mistakes, like maybe we can help people bypass that a little bit to make their careers better. Yeah, no, dude, that's, that's that important. And that's, that's good that these kind of podcasts help, man. Cause like, do you know, like what your ratio is from like fan to like artist? Like, I'm, I'd be curious. Like one time I asked my Twitter, um, I like took a poll. I was like, how many of y'all make music versus, you know, how many of y'all like listen to music? And only like 15% of them really make music. I was, I was really surprised. Interesting. Um, but then I thought about it and I'm like, you know, like, I didn't really know, you know, massively in like the, in, in the, in the producer community of, you know, producing isn't really popular. It's only popular to like little kids, you know? Right. Like, um, and that, you know, is in a different style of music predominantly. So, so it's, I was just curious, like, it's definitely an interesting, you know, demographic to figure out, like. I'm gonna have to do that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go on Twitter today and, and do a poll. That's funny. I'll just be talking to my fans, dude. I just fucking like, you know, hey. You guys like Mexican food or this kind of food? Because I don't know what to put on the rider or whatever, you know? It's like, sometimes I'll have a question that I really want to know the answer to in a mass, you know? And then I forget, like, yo, I can just plug into, like, you know, 50,000 people real quick. Or if I have a really, like, you know, a really, like, extensive question or a question that I really need some answers, I'll, like, use the SWR page. But, you know, I'll be like, what do you guys use more, Apple, Spotify, or Tidal? You know, and people would be like, none, YouTube. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, Twitter Twitter for me is just about putting up dumb jokes and, you know, just kind of, it's, it's fun. Twitter's like all about like, what's on your mind right now? Like, it doesn't have to mean anything, you know? Well, social media has completely changed. Like, no one wants to see ads on Yeah. Nobody, like, isn't it funny? Like, you'll, you'll post a picture of, like, and I don't know, I'm just making this up, but I'm probably right. You'll, you'll post a picture of your son, and it'll get, like, a bajillion likes. Mm-hmm. And then you'll post a picture of, like, your new album cover and the release date, and it'll get, like, a quarter of that. Yeah, it's so true. It's, like, <clears throat> that, that's, that's one of the things I've learned, man, is, like, what you just said. People don't like ads. You can't come at them like that anymore, you know? It's, like... You don't. You, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's more or less, like, yeah, here's what I did today, or... or Look, check out my Ninja Turtles coffee mug, like this kind of shit, you know? Bro, yes. People want to know you. Songs in the background. They know you play you know music. They know you're a singer. They know that you do this, but they want to know about you as a person, you know? Yeah, no, 100%, bro, 100%. <laughs> like, you know, it's it, it's just that weird thing. Like, they, they want to fall in love with you, you know? And, you know, and that's cool. Like, because if you think about it, like back in the day, day, right? Like, way back in the day, like, let's go before social media and shit. Um, let's go back to, like, David Bowie, like, Pink Floyd. Like, those days, like, the only content you saw of these artists were personality pieces. So, like, you kind of you kind of already had, like, like, a predisposition for, like, who the people are already, you know? Right. So, like, if every time you saw, like, something about david bowie or pink floyd and it was just an ad mat or like a commercial you wouldn't you wouldn't fuck with these artists there's no connection there's no connection so back then it was like the only bit of media that we got on these artists you know especially you know before the internet and all that and tv when you just catch them or magazines were personality pieces Mm -hmm. to to make you fall in love with the artist so i think that that's you know it's it's kind of going back to that in a really weird way Mm -hmm. 
bro. Behind the music, dude. <laughs> the fucking show. Jam. That was the show back then. Um, well, uh, you probably got to get going, but I wanted to ask you um, real quick. Uh, so you said that I'd asked you about doing the podcast a little earlier, and you said, well, I, I'm going to have some more shit to talk about, you know, on this day or whatever. So what's going on? You got a new record coming out. What, like, yes. Tell me what's up, man. Wick, Wicked Heart's a great yeah. song. Like, tell me what's up. Thank you. Well, we got Wicked Heart out. We got, um, you know, it's doing its thing in radio. We're, we're doing that whole thing. Um, and we got a new song coming out on the 25th called Spiderweb. Nice. And then we're pretty much like just dropping music like every month. We're going to radio with our second single in May uh, called uh, Lights On. Nice. And then, and then yeah, we're, we're looking to drop the album like June. June 7th, I think that's the, the working date right there. So. June 7th. Album's called Blessings. Blessings. Yeah, man. You know, we're just going to fucking just start spilling out music. Like, I basically, the way I want to do it now is just put out more, more music. Like, because we can record music, you know, relatively easy. Like, I just go over to Eric's house and we can track drums and bass, like, super easy. Um, and then all of, like, you know, the other shit I can cut at my studio. So... It's like really easy, like as far as like putting out music. So after the album drops, we're just gonna continue to drop some new music for the fans. I love that approach, man. I think that's becoming more and more of a thing. Like we we thought the same thing. I was like, I just want to put music out. Like I don't care. Like we'll do a record, you know. But like I just want to keep putting songs out and just feeding the baby birds, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, it's just I think people appreciate it. I think um, the fans just want more content, and uh, if if we can give it to them, I'm. I'm I'm down. Yeah, if you can, yeah. then fucking why not, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so easy to make a record these days, like, it, you know, in comparison to what it used to be. I didn't have all the shit that I have now. You know, I can make a full record in my, right here in Definitely my studio, cheap. in my basement, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, that, it can get dangerous, you know? Sure. You, you know, you have all the time in the world, but it's it's definitely, it's definitely a lot uh, cheaper to make a record on Certainly, your own. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, and you worked with uh, Rob Cavallo on this. Yeah, that's my boy, man. Dude. We worked with Rob Cavallo on that. Amazing. He's like the super, super G. Um, he, you know, he's he's not as like technical as, as I thought like he would be. He's he's much more involved in on on the nurturing of the songs, which was a huge liberating part for me because I don't know, like that's one thing that I didn't really have too much experience on as far as like um, working with like a producer for, for Sublime's music, like, um, was just someone to kind of like, uh, nurture that side and just kind of have you focus on just the songwriting as opposed to like some of the production and stuff like that. So, I mean, a lot of the quote unquote production, I don't know what you call producing these days, but you know, any of like the, you know, sampling and all that shit, you know, I was obviously done by me and shit, but you know, as far as like the composition and, and, the reason why the record sounds as good as it does is because of Rob Cavallo and Doug Key. Because tonality-wise, those guys knocked it out of the park, man. Like, they just really captured the band sounding as fucking good as it can live and made the samples sit really well within it. That's great. So is that how you guys did it? Did you guys just kind of record live and then you kind of layered up after that? Like drums, bass, yeah, pretty much, guitar? Yeah, pretty much. We, we knocked all the, you know, all, like how you typically were. We knocked all the bass and the drums, and then, you know, get guitar tones, and then I went in and did all the vocals. Um, a couple of the songs were done just over at my spot, though. Like, Spiderweb was one of them. 
Oh, and then we did some of the album in um, in this studio called Sphere in North Hollywood, which is fucking beautiful. And it's pretty cheap, too. It's like 1100 bucks or something for the day. But it's, I mean, it's like the top of the top of the line studio. So it's pretty cheap for that. That's awesome, man. How did you, uh, <clears throat> how did you get Rob involved? Um, I sent him over four songs and I was like, listen to the music, the demos. This is something you want interested in. Um, you know, we'll work out a good deal. And he was like, fucking count me in, you know? That's awesome. These days, like, producers like that, you know, you'd be surprised. They're down to work. They just need the music. Yeah. You know? It's a different time for, like, producers like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, you know, and, and someone like Rob, like, he's, he could work with anybody he wants to or not work at all. <laughs> yeah. You know? He, he has that ability. So, you know, it's even, they're even more of in a cool place because they're like, Hey, if I like the music, I'm fucking down. We'll make it work, you know? And that was just the kind of thing with like, you know, Rob, like he doesn't work on a lot of stuff. Um, he, he's got some like stuff that he develops on the side and he still consults for major labels. Um, but he only works on like passion projects and like, huge shit. You know what I mean? Um, so, so it's kind of tight. Like, when he wanted to to work on the record, you know, we were really like, "Fuck, okay, like we're down, man. If you're down, that'd be sick, you know." So that's awesome. And man. yeah, he he works with a killer engineer, man. I I can't I can't brag about him enough. His name is Doug McKean, and yeah, man, I mean, he's just he's the real real fucking deal, man. Fucking dream team. Yeah, bro, it really was. You know, like those guys taught me a lot. So yeah. Cavallo is definitely like, I would love to work with him. I mean, you're a Green man. Day fan. Oh yeah. my god, huge! Like, dude, you, man, the stories that I heard from him about Green Day are so fucking rad. I love that. Like, dude, it's crazy. You know, they walked out on him on dinner when he said that he was gonna go cut a cello to Tommy your life. <laughs> He's serious. <laughs> he said that I'm gonna cut a cello to to Tommy your life, and it's gonna be your biggest song you've ever recorded. And they walked out on him on dinner. Holy shit. And then told him that he's not allowed to produce the record anymore. What? Oh, my and gosh. then, and he didn't care, so he went and cut the cello anyway. And then they were like, "Yeah, it does sound pretty cool." <laughs> <laughs> and then, sure as shit, it was the biggest song that they'd ever done. Yeah, in life. biggest song ever. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, that's 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 definitely a guy that that's on the on the wish list too. I want to work with that dude. I feel like I feel like our music would go great with his his style you know and he's he comes dude. he comes from that punk rock background he understands like you said how to nurture a song and nurture your guys his next fucking record man just send me over like a you know a batch of your four or five your greatest fucking songs you're gonna put on the record and I'll, and I'll send it over to rob don't tell me that because i fucking will dude no i swear to god he listens to every single thing i send him i'm developing a couple of artists with him, oh so rad nice he's my guy that's cool man it's really cool that like um everything you've definitely like taken <clears throat> sort of like i guess these these fruits have been produced from your labor, you know, of all these years and like things are presenting themselves to you, you know, like, and you're, you're taking it like, I don't know, working with other artists and, and sort of forming these relationships. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's like, you're just, a, I mean, you've always, as long as I know, you've always been like a full on producer, songwriter, you've, you're always working. And I just love that. Well, you know how it is, man. You know, we, we wear many hats in this industry and you kind of got it. I don't know. Like, it's fun, isn't it? It's, it's fun it's as fun. fun. It's fun as fun. People ask me all the time, like, uh, like you know, like, why do you do this? You know, or, like, why would you ever want to take on such pressure of, like, you know, 
trying to step in for Brad. And I'm just like, because it's fun as fuck. <laughs> it's mad fun. Like, yeah. I get to work on music all day long. And, like, you know, like, it'd be the raddest thing in the world if you sent me some fucking songs that were rad. And I sent them over to Rob. And Rob liked them. And you guys made a record. That would be sick as fuck. Like, because that's what life's about. That's tight. You would do it for me. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, you know, and, like, you would do it for anybody. Yeah, I would. If somebody sent you badass music and you're like, you know who would fucking kill this shit? Rome. You would send it to me. Yeah, absolutely. And, right. and I would be like, dude, thanks for fucking cutting me in on this. Like, this is badass music. Let's do it together. You know, because that's how it works, man. And yeah, I don't dude. know. Like, you know, you got you to gotta fucking, you know, you got to empower the people around you and, you know, st stay busy with the shit you love, man. That's, for me, that's been a recipe for a good life. It's just been, you know, around pe people that I really respect and admire shaking the people that were bad for me, constantly weeding out, you know, and, and, and just surrounding myself with, you know, like doing things that I super like to do, you know, simple as that. And that's the fucking dream, dude. Yeah, man. Very, very fortunate. That's great, man. Well, um, <clears throat> looking forward to the record. I can't wait to hear it. Um, it's going to be, this is the, I'll send it to you. Oh, please dude. I would love, I would love to uh, get a preview, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll send some records. Awesome. Uh, well, dude, thanks so much for coming on the show, dude. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. Anytime. We got to link up. We got to get get on the road eventually. Maybe on a summer tour or something. Work something out. Be sick. Yeah, I told I told Christian we're available. <laughs> okay. So, well, I mean, dude, he's fucking he's doing a lot of dope shit for the for the management label now. So he is. Yeah. You know, he's 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 definitely killing stuff on his own. He's managing some bands and stuff too. So he was telling me, man. He's uh, I talked to him I think last month and. He's, I hadn't talked to him in a while. He's, he's, he's doing great. It's awesome. Yeah, man. You know, it's it, important, important lessons, you know, from, from so many people, you know, they just work hard and stay humble. And good things come, man. It's true. It's very true. No, I'm stuck. Well, thanks for having me on the show, man. I appreciate it. Dude, of course. We'll uh, get back to your you wife and your fine. kid, man, and um, have a great fucking day, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. All right, my guy. We'll talk soon. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. Later. Later. Oh man, what a great conversation. Big, big thank you to Rome for uh, calling in and doing that. Um, man, it was just cool to hear stuff. Like, I love, you know, you all know me. I'm a big Green Day fan, the Rob Cavallo stuff. Like, I'm really stoked that uh, they did a record with him, and I can't wait to hear what it sounds like. And Rome, you better fucking send me some shit. You said you would, so I want to hear some songs. Um, <clears throat> It was great hearing the story about uh, the Dirty Heads, how that all came to be with Lay Me Down and um, working with artists, being a songwriter and a producer and a, and a father and all of these things. I, I related to pretty much everything he was talking about. It was, it was really, really great. I learned some things. I hope you learned some things. Uh, thank you once again. 50 episodes. I can't believe it. Since February, man, 50 episodes. It's been, uh, it's been a labor of love, honestly. So uh, thank you so much. We're going to keep this shit going. Here's to 100. Um, this week, I've got another uh, episode, episode 51 with Paris Fasoni. Um, she is a tour photographer, videographer. She just started a band herself. Uh, she goes out on tour um, and hangs out and does recaps and stuff and back, backstage footage and photos with uh, 
Godsmack and um, Newfound Glory and Limp Biscuit and um, many other bands. And she she's just uh, she's really good at what she does. She just put out a book, so we're gonna talk about that. And um, yeah, we'll see you then. Howie Spangler, Tales from the Green Room. Please subscribe, rate, review, like. Let me know who else I should be talking to. Um, All that fun stuff. See you soon.